What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us as always. We are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here at the Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of the Windy City on VEASAN, the sports betting network. And tonight, a great one coming your way. VEASAN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel joining us in 45 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on both of the NBA games tonight. We'll look forward to the games coming up in the future and kind of just speaking of futures how about some of those series prices maybe conference futures odds and much more surrounding the hardwood plus a familiar face here on the program beast betting reporter josh applebaum in 10 minutes we'll get his thoughts on hockey baseball and nba we'll touch them all with our buddy josh so plenty to come in about 10 minutes revolving all the market movements which josh does such a great job covering in between, we got some plays with Prop Shelf like we typically hit on, and I got some action throughout Major League Baseball as well. So again, much to get to on the program tonight. But let's get you started out here. Yesterday, we kind of started the show looking at some NBA MVP finals odds uh, in that market and seeing how the numbers were standing as of that point. And the big movement was Chris Paul, the guy who I said probably presented the most value, went down to 18-1. to So that's something to keep an eye on. But also, aside from looking at the MVP conversation, let's just look at the general conference futures odds. Again, if we have time, we'll hit this with JVT later in the show. But starting in the Eastern Conference, let's see how these squads stack up among each other. The Nets, the odds-on favorite and big time here, minus 250 to come out of the Eastern Conference. Behind them, you get the 76ers at plus 340. Milwaukee, 6-1. to one, And the Atlanta Hawks at the bottom, 
at 25 to 1. Now, again, you know, if you haven't been tuning into the show consistently, uh, the bet that we did have to come out of the Eastern Conference, I played the 76ers about a month and a half, two months ago, plus 440 to come out of the East. And, you know, the first game against the Hawks obviously didn't go accordingly and not how we wanted it to. And game three is going to be tough on the road against Atlanta. So we'll see how that one fares out. Nevertheless, minus 250 with Brooklyn. It seems like they're the easy play to make. And obviously, as indicated by the odds, they seem like, the top team and probably are but you know at minus 250 as great as the nets have looked i don't think that's the bet in the route you probably take i mean because you can have them to win the championship at plus 120 albeit that's not great value regardless but also if you're kind of assuming that the 76ers are going to get past the atlanta hawks and it's going to be a nets and 76ers matchup at least in my mind the number i would probably have for a series price now this all depends on the injury statuses of James Harden, Joel Embiid, and, you know, whoever else may get banged up along the way. But I personally would think the Nets would maybe be, you know, minus 220, a little bit less as a favorite, depending on how the Sixers wrap up this series, if they do against Atlanta. So I know some people may think it's going to be higher, but regardless, you know, if it's minus 250 to win the East, you would think it would be around there or higher based on the odds. And at that point, maybe there's value with the Sixers. But regardless, again, I think minus 250 to win the East is just too high to lay at this point. Who knows what's going to happen tonight against Milwaukee? Who knows what other players may or may not sustain an injury? You never wish that, obviously, upon any player. But we've seen crazier things happen. And Brooklyn, maybe against a great defensive team, in Philadelphia could be slowed down if that's going to be the matchup. And again, you know, if they get to the championship, I think they have even a more favorable matchup against some of these teams in the Western Conference. And speaking of the West, just looking at how their odds stack among each other, the Utah Jazz are the odds-on favorite to come out of the West. Minus 106 for Utah. The Suns, who have been red hot, they are 2-1. to one. Plus 310, you get the Los Angeles Clippers. And then how about the Nuggets at 30-1? to one. Do I want to lay a price with the Utah Jazz? Absolutely not. And the Suns at 2-1, to one, look, as great as the Suns have been, I mean, they're a fun team to watch. I'm rooting for them, aside from the bets that I make. 2-1, to one, it just kind of stinks considering the value that you could have had this whole time with Phoenix. So that's the one thing that hurts. Uh, the Clippers at plus 310 maybe would be the only play I would make at that point. But I really just don't see this as a viable market to tap into, at least in my opinion, at this point. I would play this one more from a game-to-game -game basis unless you think the Clippers still can overcome this Utah Jazz team and they're being undervalued right now and they start to kind of come into their own. Otherwise, I would stick away from it. But again, uh, if you're looking to bet a team like the Nets plus 120, you're getting a little bit of value on the championship because the popular you know, look right now is the Suns and Nets in the championship, and I really don't think that the Suns have that much of a chance against a team like Brooklyn. As fun as they've been, I think Brooklyn's too deep against some of these Western Conference teams, so that's the angle I would look at instead. The Suns are plus 650 to win the championship. Jazz 3-1. to one. Sixers move up to 8-1. to one. And, of course, the list goes on, which you could check out more available at Bet Rivers. Once again, welcome into the show. It is Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of Chicago at the Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois. Josh Applebaum, since betting reporter, coming your way in five minutes. We'll talk some hockey, basketball, and baseball. We're just wrapping up the conversation with some NBA futures. And speaking of futures, let's kind of stay on that path. However, let's go with the NHL now that we're looking toward a very exciting game with Colorado and Vegas tonight. And just giving a quick preview of this one, Vegas currently minus 134 on the money line, plus 115 for Colorado this total at five and a half, the overs plus 104, the under minus 122, 
And if you're kind of just looking, you know, at the series price and how this one's going to shape out, I mean, last we saw, you know, Vegas was minus 315 to be the series winner, Colorado plus 245. And they're offering unique bets as well in the sense of, oh, what can you do with, you know, the correct score of the series, the Golden Knights to win uh, 42 minus 130. You know, it's the same price as the money line right now, uh, plus 350 for them to win in seven. Avalanche win in seven plus 245. So the thought being, if the Avalanche win tonight, the better odds are going to be that, you know, the Avalanche win again at home, which, you know, momentum going their way would make a lot of sense. But, you know, there's some discrepancies which kind of stood out a little bit, which I thought were fascinating because you could look at the total games played in this series. And if it's over six and a half, it's plus 110. If it's under six and a half, it's minus 139. But you look at the number for just a straight up money line, because if the Avalanche win tonight, you know, obviously that's going to be over six and a half games. So you wouldn't bet the plus 110 at that point. You would just take the Avalanche on the money line for a little bit better price. So just kind of be aware of that when you're looking at some of these prices. So plus 110 compared to plus 115 is what the Avalanche are right now. So kind of one of those discrepancies that, you know, sometimes don't get paid enough attention to and just something that you want to be cognizant of when you're handicapping and looking at those unique angles. But, you know, this one for our personal interest, we are rooting for the Golden Knights considering we have a 9-1 Stanley Cup championship ticket on them. I tend to lean toward them in this spot as well. I know the line's going in favor of Colorado here. We had Colorado last game, and man, did they have plenty of chances to seal the deal in that spot, but really they just couldn't come to fruition with putting the puck in the neck. Fleury, uh, he played his, out of his mind in that game. We'll see if he can replicate that tonight. And Vegas, you know how great they've been at home all season and against Colorado specifically. So 134 is what they're laying right now. Again, Josh Applebaum will give us his thoughts on that game. And kind of just looking even further with some of these futures, the Islanders, as we were kind of leaning toward yesterday, they got the job done nice and easily against the Bruins last evening. And if you're looking at the series price now, going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay minus 225 to be the victors of that series. The Islanders plus 180. And then just these overall Stanley Cup odds, the Lightning now the odds on favor, plus 175. VGK plus 185, the Avalanche. If you think they win tonight, plus 450, the best value you could get on them for quite some time because they were below $2 to win the cup for a considerable amount of time. Nobody thought anyone was coming in their way and stopping them, and now you can get them plus 450 to win the cup. The Islanders plus 650, and the Canadians plus 850 all the way at the bottom. Again, we had VGK 9-1. Lightning were the only other team I considered throughout the course of this season. And if VGK can get past Colorado, I mean, the path is looking pretty nice. So uh, we'll be rooting for the Golden Knights tonight once again. And what's kind of fascinating, too, is to see how these total markets have been fluctuating back and forth. Because 5.5 is where we're seeing it right now. And the over, a little bit of plus money, plus 104. The under is minus 122. And it makes sense that it's going to the direction of the under, considering, you know, we've seen that in you know three spots as of now out of these games and when you're facing an elimination game you typically tend to see more of a lower scoring affair so uh, that's the angle I would probably seek out as well I'm not going to be touching it in terms of the money line whatsoever but if I was going to be doing anything I'd maybe consider the total and go under five and a half minus 122 never ideal to lay a price with the total but that's the only angle I'd probably consider in this spot but overall just rooting from a futures perspective with VGK to win the cup at nine one hopefully they get a dub tonight but let's kind of get into the thicker parts of this game in terms of the market movement. And for that, we bring on the host of the Market Insights podcast. That's Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter at Josh underscore insights is where you can follow him along on Twitter. 
Josh, as always, we appreciate you taking some time. I'm sorry about your loss last night with your Bruins, but, hey, maybe you could get a winner on the ice this evening uh, with either the Avalanche or the Golden Knights. How are you thinking this game plays out? I know it looks like Colorado's getting a little bit of the love, but, hey, this Golden Knights team has been tough these past three games, my man. Danny, you're totally right, and I appreciate your uh, your apologies there for my bees. There's always next year, Danny. But, uh, yeah, the, the right. game tonight, of course, taking in all the action. Um, you know, what I've seen, Danny, is a little bit of line movement toward Colorado. So what you're seeing here across the market, a lot of these books opened, you know, Vegas Golden Knights around minus 140 at home. We all know about that Vegas tax where if you're betting the, the Knights in Vegas, and I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago, uh, just the rabid fan base there, they love their hockey. But you're going to pay a little bit of a higher price because of that kind of shaded line toward the uh, the popular team there in Vegas. But kind of, Danny, despite this you know popular play toward Vegas Knights, and again, if you want to bet Vegas Knights, I don't blame you at all. This is a team that looks like they're really humming right now. They got down 0-2. They've won three straight, 3-2, to 5-1, to another 3-2 to two game uh, in their last one here. Uh, but if you're looking at a bounce-back spot, you know, the Avs have a couple things to look for. Number one, line movement toward the Avs. We saw the Knights open around minus 140, despite kind of that Vegas tax. A lot of these books are dropping to around minus 130. So you've seen that movement a little bit, like plus 125, down to around, you know, plus 115 uh, in favor of the Avs. The Avs would also have a system here, Danny, bounce-back teams uh, with playoff experience after a loss. Um, so that would be in their favor. You know, we did have this scare earlier today where the coach, uh, Jared Bednar, it was inconclusive whether there was a positive COVID-19 uh, test or not. Turns out it was uh, kind of a, a miscalculation. He's good to go. Uh, Nazem Kadri, who was suspended as well. Remember, he's not in tonight. He can only come back if they force a game seven here. But Danny, little movement here to the abs. And also keep an eye on that total. I heard you mention that under. I'm right there with you. Maybe a lower scoring game because this thing opened five and a half. Really juiced up under minus 120. And you're actually seeing some shops that are down to five right now. So it looks like that liability on the under. Again, we've had a few three to two games so far this series. And kind of like in the NBA playoffs, you get deep into the into the series, you know, game six, game seven. Didn't happen with the Bees last night. You had a six to two game. But typically, these are some lower scoring games later in the series when so much is at stake. You're a little more conservative. You don't take as many chances. You really tighten up on D. So a little liability to the under uh, five and a half, Danny, and a little movement here to the abs in Vegas. All right, so we'll get more to that game a little bit later here on the show between VGK and Colorado. Josh, let's flip the script and talk some baseball on the diamond tonight, a game that stuck out to you and myself as well. How about the A's and the Royals? Personally, I'm going with Oakland in the spot. You got Montas versus the Southpaw, Mike Miner. Oakland opened about minus 133. They're up to minus 150. I think I snagged it at, what, about uh, minus 146 earlier today. Uh, the A's have been hot. In the past five games, they're averaging about five runs per game. Kansas City's been quite the opposite, and they've been on this lull here and only averaging about two runs per game. And the A's against lefties, pretty solid thus far, 10th best in the big leagues. What do you think goes down in Oakland this evening? Danny, I'm right there, I'm right there with you with the A's. You know, a lot of times I, uh, I love a gross dog, and hey, you know me, I'm, I'm fearless. I'll take the worst, grossest dog on the board if there's value. But I think for this play tonight, I'm not out thinking it too much, and I think the Sharps are kind of saying the same thing. Looks like Oakland's the play in this one. You're seeing this uh, kind of big movement in their favor. Again, this line creeping up, you know, minus 130, minus 140, now closer to minus 150, minus 160. So you have seen this be kind of the sweet spot in baseball this year. I call it the sweet spot non-division home favorite. If you're between minus 150, minus 175, the spot that the A's are in tonight, 
It's been 38 and 18, 68% so far this MLB season. They also have a uh, bigger favorite with a low total, a total of eight in this one, Danny. A little juiced up to the under here, maybe some under liability. But when you're on a bigger favorite with a lower total, that's kind of correlative betting a good thing because the fewer amount of expected runs scored, more likely they're going to come from that favorite, that better team. And then also just uh, look at the way these teams are trending. KC just got swept by LA. They've lost five straight. You look at Oakland, six and one, their last seven, just swept Arizona. And again, Danny, the, the play uh, of this one here is there are a few teams in Major League Baseball that really, really mash against lefties, and Oakland is one of them. They're going up against Mike Miner tonight. Really, the Oakland A's, the Cubbies, the White Sox, um, they've been the best teams against lefties along with Tampa Bay. 16-8 and eight against lefties for Oakland this year. Also, Oakland in this spot, 26-14 and 14 as a favorite. KC has really not barked as a dog, uh, only 14-21. and 21. So I'll back this line move. I'll take A's with you in this one, Danny. All right, let's look at another matchup. You mentioned the White Sox against lefties. They have that opportunity tonight going against Ryu. And also Keiko lefty taking the bump for Chicago. White Sox fell victim to the Blue Jays last night. And Josh, this line has been kind of crazy to watch unfold because it seemed like early on there's movement toward the White Sox. And then it seems like maybe it's kind of trickling back toward the Blue Jays. Obviously, you have a better read on it than I do. But at Bet Rivers, we see Toronto minus 120, Chicago plus 102. Totals ticked up to nine. So what have you been seeing kind of from the sharp perspective? Because this one seems to be going all over the place. Yeah, Dan, you're totally right. And I think you read it perfectly. You know, maybe the odds makers are saying at this point, hey, back and forth, two-way action. You know, it's always a good thing for an odds maker because, uh, you know, you're going to make, you're going to take a position as an odds maker if it's the sharp side, but ideally you want balanced action, you know, 50-50. That way you can just take the juice and uh, not, you know, mitigate your risk and not be in a position where you're, you're really at a liability uh, per, uh, point of view there. Uh, but Danny, I'm looking at the White Sox here. You know, a lot of these books did open. You know, some of these were like Toronto minus 115, minus 120. They did get down at one point down to a pick them. And you're right. You know, it is coming back a little bit here toward Toronto. Some shops are a little bit lower, still around like minus 115, minus 110. Uh, but I think this spot here, after both these teams split and you're at the rubber match here, um, you're in kind of a rare position to take the White Sox at home, getting a little plus money. Really doesn't happen too often. The line was set, obviously, with Ryu and Keiko, kind of a, a short number anyway. But in this rare home dog position, you have a couple system matches. Home dogs in baseball have done pretty well so far, especially home dogs who missed the uh, who made the playoffs last year. A dog with a high total. Total in this game uh, is around nine, Danny. And some of these did t uh, tick up a bit, eight and a half up to nine. But here's the key to me, uh, this lefty-righty split. Both lefties on the bump tonight, Danny. Uh, the, the, the Toronto Blue Jays are only five and eight against lefties this year. The White Sox, one of the best teams against lefties in baseball, 14 and four. And that's really not an aberration. They were great against lefties last year as well. So to me, even though you're seeing a little bit of buyback here on the Jays, I'm still leaning the White Sox here at home in a rare dog spot where they mash lefties and they have that home field advantage. All right, the Chicago audience out here, Josh, loves to hear that. Let's look at the NBA postseason action this evening, my friend. Let's talk Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And look, we know no James Harden in this game, but he really hasn't played this whole series yet. Brooklyn's been completely dominant, and they're catching three and a half on the road, plus 135 on the money line. Milwaukee minus 162, total at about 234. Look, Josh, game two, we saw a big movement toward Milwaukee, and it kind of seemed like it was too good to be true to bet on Brooklyn, but they went out there and dominate. Different environment in the sense that it's virtually a must win for Milwaukee, opening game at home in the second round. This one is going to be crazy, but who do you lean with here? Yeah, Danny, so uh, the updated series price, just before we get in the game here, obviously Nets up 2-0. They've won and covered both games. 
Nets are now a minus 500 favorite at BetMGM to win the series. 83% implied probability. Bucks plus, plus 375 to come back to win the series. But Danny, you hit the nail on the head. In the last game, you had ridiculous sharp action going to the Bucks, And you scratch your head and say, what's going on here? Uh, Sharps looked like real, they looked really dumb on that one because obviously uh, the Nets end up rolling here. But here's another game where the Sharps seem to be on the Bucks, And again, they're either going to look like geniuses or going to look like fools once again. But if you're looking at this play, number one, sometimes you, you think about trap lines. I'm not a big believer in trap lines, Danny. I think, you know, the odds makers set the numbers based on their power ratings. Yes, they take in. Uh, into account, you know, kind of some public bias here, uh, but they're going to set a number that they think is a fair number. And they set this uh, Bucks minus four. And right off the bat, this is turning into one of the most lopsided playoff games you're ever going to see, because after what we've seen out of the Nets, how do you not take the Nets plus four? Seems like easy money. Seems like free money. Now, this did get ju adjusted a little bit, four down to three and a half. But what's key to me, Danny, is this is one of the most lopsided playoff games you'll ever see. Almost 80% of bets on the Nets. Uh, so what does that create? It creates a great opportunity to buy low and take the bucks here. I know it's gross, but you're in this desperation spot, down 0-2, coming home. And what I like, Danny, is this thing fell four down to three and a half. And I think the odds makers were like, hey, it's so lopsided Nets. We'll, we'll move it uh, you know, and we'll move it a half point. We're not going to go further than that. And it never got down to three. A lot of these three and a halves are some even juiced up on that buck side. So this one is one of those games that looks fishy, looks too good to be true. And as a contrarian like me, you don't ever really get a favorite getting a quarter of the tickets. That's just unheard of. Usually favorites are really, really popular. So to me, the bucks look gross. It looks like it can't possibly hit, but on the other side, it almost looks too good to be true for the Nets. So I'm leaning bucks here, Danny, uh, also a uh, favorite off a blowout. It's very rare that you get blown out by 10 points or more of the previous game. Next game, you're favored. Public says, why would I lay the points? You just got blown out. But buying low on these favorites off a blowout has done well. 57% ATS. We've also seen short favorites five or less uh, go 21 and 10 ATS in the playoffs, 68%. And even though the total, uh, you know, in the first two games went under, there was a 240, a, a 238. This one was set a little bit lower, 234. Kind of stayed where it was at all day, but we are seeing a little bit of money on the over, Danny. Some of these books are going to 234 and a half. But if you're a gross contrarian and you want to walk into the bar, everyone's betting the nets. You feel good tonight holding a Bucks ticket, even though on the on paper it looks like it's a, it's a weird play. Josh, my man, love your insight as always. Unfortunately, we're up against it, but we'll be rooting with all those plays with you, especially the Oakland A's. I'm right there with you, my man. As always, uh, again, thanks for taking some time and enjoy the slate tonight. Appreciate it, Danny. Good luck. At Josh underscore insights is where you could follow him along on Twitter. Catch him betting across America, the Lombardi line and the market insights podcast every single day. He'll give you the market updates with those big line movements. Kind of just like what he went into with the Nets and Bucks. Fascinating about 80% the tickets going on Brooklyn yet. You know, they kind of still just ticked it down a little bit from four to three and a half. And as Josh alluded to, sometimes you got to go with the ugly side. This is what I'm going to be staying away from. We do have a prop in this game that we'll be betting. But again, Milwaukee lane three and a half. You know what you've seen from Brooklyn thus far without James Harden. Different environment going toward Milwaukee, going to Milwaukee rather. Can Brooklyn do it once again? If you think so, they're plus 135 as well on the money line. And if you're looking for the angle of the total, hard to bet and under with this Brooklyn Nets team. And we are seeing a little bit of look going to the over. Like Josh said, 234 up to 234 and a half. Kind of creep into that 235 range. Currently at Bet Rivers, you can get it at about 234. All right, so we will stick in the NBA. I just told you I had a prop to look out for in that matchup between the Nets and the Bucks. Let me tell you that as well in the later game. Got another angle to look forward to with Utah and Los Angeles. Stick around here on Rush Hour.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. 
daily hometown discounts on boost on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding bet rivers offers the most live streams of major sports instant payouts and only one time playthrough Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. To get a hold of the daily hometown discount, check it all out. BetRivers.com. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining in. And we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Big thanks to Josh Applebaum for joining us. Hitting all the sports tonight, hockey, baseball, and basketball, we concluded with the NBA. So let's go ahead and pick it right up from where we left off in the sense of the Nets and the Bucks. Again, this one I'm staying away from. Josh leaning toward Milwaukee in this game. Open four, dropped down to three and a half, but tons of public money coming in on Brooklyn naturally after what you saw from game one and game two. Total at about 234. But like I said, the only, well, you know, when I say I'm staying away from it, that pretty much, you know, insinuates that the only angle I'm going to be doing is in-game, if anything, or I'm going to be looking at a certain prop, which we always do here on the show with some prop shelf action. And in this game in particular, uh, Kyrie Irving is the man who stuck out to me. And look, Kyrie Irving's one of my favorite players in the league, but going to be fading him tonight, 28 and a half is where we're seeing his point score prop for this evening seems a tad bit too high. It is shaded to the under, minus 125, and that is what I laid. The over is minus 103 if you're thinking otherwise. But this postseason, Irving's averaging 24 points per game. In the first two games against the Bucks, he's averaging 23.5. And, and in four games overall this season, counting regular season against Milwaukee, averaging 26 points per game. Now, he stayed under this mark in three out of four of those games against the Bucks. He did drop 38 on May 4th in that spot. But overall, the last 10 games, counting the first playoff series against the Celtics, he stayed under 28.5 in the last 8 out of 10 games. Now, when you look at Kyrie Irving, uh, a majority of his shots come from mid-range, but that was in the regular season. Actually, now in the postseason, majority is coming from beyond the arc. So 41% of shot attempts are coming from beyond the arc, and 34% are now coming from mid-range. He's making 40% from three and 49% from mid-range. So, yes, he's being very efficient. But, again, he's not necessarily racking up the points as of now. And, look, the Bucks do allow a majority of their shots to come from mid-range and from beyond the arc. They're allowing opponents to make about 42% from mid-range, 39% from three this postseason. They're not the same defensive team that we were once accustomed to seeing these past couple of years. I understand that. But, again, you know, Kyrie just hasn't really gotten close to that 28-and-a-half mark, and that's not to say that he can't have a great game. I think he will have a solid performance, and he matches up fairly well against this Milwaukee team. But I just think 28-and-a-half is too high, so I went under. And he's not really getting to the free-throw line either, so he's not getting those bonus points and extra looks. So I played under 28-and-a-half with Kyrie Irving despite the favorable matchup potentially. The number is set a little bit too high. That's why you see it shaded to the under, and that's the side I'm playing under minus 125 with Kyrie Irving, 28-and-a-half points. Now let's go ahead and look at the later game with Utah and Los Angeles. The Jazz now down to a 2-and-a-half point home favorite. Minus 136 on the money line, plus 114 on the other side for L.A. This total at about 223. The money looks to be coming in on the Clippers, who talked to Wes Reynolds about it yesterday. Could be the team worth value playing in terms of the series price. And this one, uh, not the strongest thoughts. I kind of lean toward Clippers, but now that you've lost the number at three, not going to be touching it. Would maybe go over, if anything. 
But you know the route we're going to take. Let's take a look at some player props. And how about Rajon Rondo? Number of assists tonight. And three and a half was the number it was listed at. The over, the big favorite, minus 175. The under, plus 136. Now, I know lane minus 175 is not good value whatsoever. But that's relative in the sense of if you think you have a good number in terms of his assists. And three and a half, I think, is incredibly low. Game one, he racked up six assists, had 28 minutes played. And he's gone over this mark in the last five, or he went over five out of seven games against the Mavericks. The only two games he didn't go over was because he logged just 10 minutes. When he's been getting over 20 minutes played, he's been consistently great in terms of the category of assists racked up. He averaged 4.3 assists per game in the uh, first round series versus the Mavericks. And he's gone over this mark in the last 22 out of 24 overall games with the Clippers. Now, again, I know laying minus 175 is brutal, but when you have a good spot and a good opportunity here, in my opinion, it's worth laying that price. So I went over three and a half assists with Rajon Rondo. If we can get him to have a full game in the sense of playing more than 10 minutes, getting into the 20 minute range, I think he has a great shot at going over three and a half assists. So we're rolling with that one, and we're rolling with Kyrie Irving under 28 and a half points. As always, best of luck if you tail with any of our wagers. Still another one to come on the diamond. We'll let you know what that is next right here on Rush Hour. a new feature all at vcin.com because every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every single game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game you can check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets ridden and if that correlates with the money coming in on those games to help you find the betting edge and of course we have all the odds data and analysis for every single game as well start your next sports bet at vsin.com Welcome back into Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. It's time to talk some baseball. Let's take you to the diamond to look at the later slate this evening. Let's start with a game that VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum, and I kind of went into uh, to start things off. Him and I were on the same side in this game, so kind of just to revisit it, let's go out to Oakland where the A's are taking on the struggling Kansas City Royals, who have lost their last five consecutive games in this spot, currently at Bet Rivers, they're catching plus 128 as the road dog. Oakland up to a minus 150 favorite. Total at 7.5. That's dipped from the opener at 8.5. So big movement toward the under in this game. And when you're just kind of looking at what these teams have done as of late, again, the A's won the last 4 out of 5. They're averaging 5 runs per game in that span. Kansas City lost the last 5, averaging just 2 runs per game throughout that span. You get Frankie Montas out there, who when we were talking with Paul Sport, you know, he's a big fan of Montas, and, and, and I get it. But, you know, to me, Montas has been a little bit volatile. He's been picking it up as of late, but I do tend to favor him a little bit more so over the southpaw, Mike Miner. Now, Miner, 4-3 and three this season with a 4.84 ERA, 4.08 XFIP, and a 1.21 whip. So not too shabby. Then you look at Montas, 6-5, 4.52 ERA, 4.21 XFIP, and a whip. A little bit too high, but 1.41 is what we're seeing. 
But the advantage here goes to the offense of Oakland, who has been dominating against lefties so far this season. A 7.53 OPS in totality for this year, 10th best in the big leagues. Royals against righties this season, 6.93 OPS, which is 17th in the Major League Baseball. Oakland has a bullpen ERA of 3.79, KC 3.94, not too much of a difference, but also something worth note, Miner has a career against the Oakland A's of 2-5, 6.05 ERA in 10 games, 7 of those starts. So historically, he hasn't really done well against Oakland. Not that that's the main reason you fade him, but something kind of just to throw in there to give you a little bit more incentive potentially to look toward Oakland. You factor all that in and the fact that Oakland opened minus 133, they're up to now minus 150. Oakland looks like the right spot here, and that's the team I played. I got about minus 146 with the A's earlier today. They're up to minus 150. Oakland's on a little bit of a hot streak here, and I get you maybe thinking that, hey, Kansas City could be due here, but this team really just has been slumping ever since they had that hot streak to start, kind of reminiscent of the Mariners a couple years ago who got off to a really great start, and then were just abysmal. Not saying the Royals are exactly that, but kind of the same realm and the same idea, and Oakland's been catching some fire here, so I like Oakland at home in this spot and laid minus 146 in this game on the money line. Again, once that line, now about minus 150 at Bet Rivers, still would play it at that number in Oakland. All right, then let's take a look at the south side here. The White Sox and the Blue Jays going for the third game of the series. Rubber match here is Ryu's taking the bump, the southpaw for Toronto. And, hey, you know, ring that bell because it's a lefty going against the White Sox who have been dominant ever since last year into this year against lefties. However, Ryu's a tough out. He's 5-3 and three this season with a 3.23 ERA, a 3.56 XFIP, and a whip of 1.11. Now you're getting Dallas Keuchel on the mound and. On paper, you might think that's going to be a tough matchup for the Blue Jays, but Keuchel really hasn't been a dominant pitcher like we've been used to seeing in years past. He is 4-1, but he's got a 4.25 ERA and a 4.26 XFIP and a whip of 1.29. So it's nothing that's really awful or brutal for Keuchel. It's just you want him to be a little bit better in order to put some money on him. Uh, this one opens Chicago plus 105. They're at plus 102. Toronto's up to minus 120 from minus 115 at the opener. The total opened eight up to nine. Now, again, the White Sox won game one, six to one. We took took them in that game, got the dub. We also took them last night, but the Blue Jays came back and won six to two. And Keuchel, again, you know, just talking about him, something that also stuck out thus far, he's got a 20.5% home run to fly ball ratio. Just to put that into context, league average is 10% typically. So something that may stray you away from Keuchel. Last 15 days versus Southpaws, the White Sox 745 OPS, so a little bit lower than what we're accustomed to seeing them hitting against lefties. Toronto 795 OPS against lefties, fifth best in the last 15 days. So I'm not going to be betting this one. I know I've taken the White Sox the past two days, but I'd maybe honestly lean a little bit toward Toronto here. This White Sox lineup, Madrigal is going to be out for a considerable amount of time. It's not the deepest lineup, kind of like when we were talking with Derek Carty yesterday. I think the same could be an issue tonight, especially going against Ryu. So a slight lean to the Blue Jays. Overall, not going to be touching it, but that's the way I would lean between the White Sox and the Blue Jays. And then finally, let's talk Minnesota and New York. The Twins catching plus 128, looking to finally get a dub in this series against the Yankees, who are laying minus 148 as the road favorite. This total at 11. You're getting Michael King taking on J.A. Happ, and Happ, the southpaw, 3-2, with a 5.61 ERA and a 5.43 XFIP, which, you know, has obviously just been atrocious this year for Happ. Uh, his whip's not terrible, 1.32. 
King on the other side's got a 4.21 xbip, so he hasn't been great by any means either. And that's why you're seeing a high total here of 11. Plus, uh, the Yankees have scored nine and eight runs respectively in the past two games against the Twins. Happ is giving up an average of four and a half runs in his past six outings. The only way I would look here would be the Yankees. But again, you know, it, it's tough to still trust them because this Twins team, you know, about to get swept here. You don't like the faded team in that spot, especially with a team that's not really having that great of a pitcher in Michael King. So I was kind of looking at the team total runs for the Yankees, but that was up to five and a half, I believe. And that's just a little bit too high for me to want to do with the team total run. So that's nothing that I would want to touch. But I do think the Yankees still have the slight edge, but not worth enough to want to lay the minus 148 in this game. But understood why this total has gone up to 11 with both of these bad pitchers. Uh, the bullpen for the Yankees has the advantage more so than the Twins do. Uh, the Twins versus righties overall this season, though, 737 OPS, which is seventh best. You look at the Yankees against lefties, honestly haven't done that well. 698 OPS, which is 19th in the big leagues. So, you know, this one's probably one of the uglier ones out of those three games. Would be touching this one the least amount compared to the other two. But, you know, if anything, maybe do the team total runs with the Yankees going over five and a half. That's the only route that I would maybe take. It's a little bit too high, though, so not going to be touching it. But if I had to do anything, that's the route I would go. But before we wrap up here with baseball, again, if you missed it, the play we are taking tonight, we are rolling with Oakland. Had a minus 146 on the money line. Montas taking the bump against Mike Miner. And now it's up to minus 150. Would still play that with the hot team in Oakland. And I know Kansas City, you may think they could be due tonight, but really their offense has just been non-existent these past five games. And Oakland does very well against lefties so far this season. Let's hope they continue that tonight. All right, coming up next, we got Beeson Senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. He'll give us his thoughts on the postseason action tonight. His bets not only on those games, but how about tomorrow and the next day? Stick around. We'll let you know. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. 
The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. You get daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, along with those instant payouts and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler, not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts all available at betrivers.com. Wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour right here on VCD Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. And as always, we are broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Looking forward to this Game 3 matchup with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Just looking at the big screen right now. They are about to tip off any moment. And to get deeper into the NBA action, let's bring on VEASAN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel, who you can follow along on the tweets at MeJVT and host of Hardwood Handicappers. Just tweeted out the newest edition with Aaron Rinning, giving you all the insights, looking into the futures, odds, and much more. JVT, my man, as always, appreciate you taking some time. I know this game's about to tip off right now, but any bets or any leans that you had between Milwaukee and Brooklyn tonight? Looks like it's closing three and a half in favor of the Bucks. Yeah, you know, I took uh, three and a half with Brooklyn. You know, so, Dan, if you look at, like, what the postseason has been like uh, over, you know, the courses since they started, it seems like odd makers are factoring in home court to about two and a half points. And so if you're taking that at face value, right, you're looking at Milwaukee laying three and a half, and the market's telling you they're a point better than Brooklyn. 
you go back to game two, where on the road they close as like a two-point favorite. I just I found it kind of odd the way that the the market has handled this series, right? You know, they the I say they the big three. They've played a total of eight regular season games together, right? And then you see in game two that the market freaks out. It's like, oh, my God, Harden's not going to play. Let's flip this line. I haven't really understood the way the market's been treating this. So I think there's a pretty good line value here on Brooklyn. I thought this should be pick or maybe even Brooklyn minus one. So I took the three and a half here with the Nets because I think the market's a little too high on Milwaukee in this situation. Yeah, it, it, they really haven't even done anything to make you want to go that way. And, and and to me, it's been that way the whole season. I mean, obviously against the Heat, they were dominant, but Miami wasn't a team that anybody trusted up to that point. And I'm kind of with you there. It's just one of those spots where if I was going to bet anything, you got to take the points it seems more so than trusting this Bucks team. So again, that game already underway, but JVT looking toward Brooklyn, catching the points. Uh, let's look at the later game then tonight, JVT, with the Utah Jazz and the Clippers. I know you're big on the Clippers throughout this postseason. I was right there with you in the sense that I thought the Clippers were the deepest team in the West, and obviously they certainly still can dominate in this postseason. But do you think they do so tonight and tie this series up at one apiece? This line has now dropped to two and a half, so it looks like some of the money coming toward Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, this is a, this is a much better spot for the Clippers than game one was, right? You know, you finish off a seven-game series, you got to win at home. Then you get, what, one day off, and then you got to go to Utah. Probably, uh, I would think that Utah, at least I have it at least, uh, the, the stronger home court. It's not the strongest home court left in the postseason, right? Full capacity. It's been um, pretty wild at a lot of those venues, and we really saw that the other night. So you get to go to the strongest home court. Remember the influence, too, of the altitude, all that stuff. So that's the seventh series. Game seven Friday, go back on Sunday. So it's just, or see, Sunday to Tuesday. It's just a really hard situation, game one. You have Marcus Morris go 1-9 from the floor. You get Paul George go 4-17. You had Reggie Jackson in foul trouble really early. And that really messed with Tyler's rotations. You know, those closeout minutes that you saw Luke Kennard out there, Kennard's not going to be out there if Reggie Jackson's available, but he wasn't. So I think if you look at this all the way around, it's a really good bounce-back spot for the Clippers. So I would agree with the market move here. I bet him before the series of plus 140, and I tend to be a little bit more patient when I'm involved in series, and unless I see an anomaly like I did with the Milwaukee game today. So I'm not involved, but I agree with the market move completely. Yeah, and you point out everything that happened in Game 1. It seems like anything that could go wrong for Los Angeles pretty much did, and especially with the likes of Kawhi and Paul George really being quiet, and George was missing so many shots, and he's a guy that I kind of wanted to look forward to, betting his points prop, but it was up to 23-and-a-half. I kind of wanted it more in the range of 22-and-a-half. Do you think George is going to be a guy who finally figures it out in this game throughout the rest of the series? Because you got to imagine he's even – I mean, you can assume you're going to get it out of Kawhi if you feed him enough, but – Paul's a guy who's been streaky, and, you know, if Paul's going off, then this Clippers team can be unstoppable at some points. Yeah, you know, I think generally he's, I think he's going to get the opportunity to do so, right? I don't know if he actually does it, but, you know, we, we did see in game two, right, of that series against Dallas, we saw a couple of times where there seemed to be a focus on getting Paul George involved, and Paul George, to give him credit, took it upon himself to get a little bit more active in terms of drawing free throws in that series, especially as it went on, so... I would say that the opportunity is there. Like, if you want to bet it over, I think you're going to get the bite of the apple. It depends on whether or not Paul George actually wants to take the bite to keep the uh, analogy going. And, you know, I would say two days, to be fair with everything, because I think a lot of the pushback with what happened in game one was, well, you know, Utah, they had a poor shooting day, too, in the first half. And they did. But I think it's important to point out that in the second half, everything regressed to the mean, right? They shot 54% from the floor in the second half. They shot 30 or 42% from beyond the arc in the second half. So, you saw a lot of that bounce back in a big way. So if there's a pushback on that, I would think that, you know, if there's a lot of people thinking there's going to be some regression here for Utah, it happened in the second half of that game, and you got to realize that. 
All right, well, JVT, let's look ahead to tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Central Time tip-off in Atlanta. The Hawks and the Sixers game three series tied up at one apiece. Sixers open up as a two-point road favorite. This one down to one, the total at 225. Could be a tough spot here for Philly, but if it really seems to me whoever gets off to the hot start is going to be the team to look to bet. Do you think that's going to be Atlanta now or Philly? DeAndre Hunter, the news him going to be out for the postseason is certainly a big factor, but you were kind of assuming probably he was going to be out. So what do you think goes down in Atlanta for game three? So, I, you know, look, when you're looking at this series overall, I think that the problem with Atlanta is I just don't know if they have an answer for Philadelphia and what they're doing defensively, right? Like, I think the, the fact that Matisse Seibel and Ben Simmons took up the mantle of guarding Trey Young in that second game, and it really worked uh, wonders for them, especially in that second half. I think that's a massive, it's a, it's a pretty big boon there for Philadelphia in terms of what they figured out on that end. So I, I kind of, I guess, understand the market move for Atlanta just because they're in the better spot, but you got to realize, too, like a lot of that is, hey, Atlanta's only lost one game at home since Nate McGillan's taken over. Like, that's great. But at the same time, Philadelphia has a lot of matchups that work in their favor. So it's not surprising to see the market move in this direction, but I think I'd rather be on the side of Philly. I bet them after game one at minus 110 to win this thing. And I have a lot of faith that they're going to pull this thing out in about five or six games. So while I understand the market move, I think I'd, really, I'd rather be on the side of Philadelphia here because I think the market's getting a little too gung-ho on Atlanta and what they've done in the series against New York and at home since the regular season and Nate McMillan. Yeah, I'm with you. I took the Sixers to win the series after game one. Thought that was a huge overreaction. And then you saw what Philly was capable of doing in game two. Let's cross our fingers and hope we can get that in game three. And speaking of game three, what about the Nuggets and Suns? Phoenix dominating yet again last night against Denver. But this one going back to the Mile High City. Uh, we see the Nuggets laying two at home. This total at about 223 and a half. Looks like Denver getting a little bit of the early attention. And, you know, as great as Phoenix has been, I kind of understand the movement going toward Denver. But do you personally trust them to get the job done here? Uh, no. Nah, and look, I think you're seeing this with Milwaukee. You're seeing it with Denver. These are all things that are kind of baked into these numbers, but the team that's down 0-2, right, especially the team down 0-2 going back home, the market has a tendency to really overreact to that team, and especially in those first half and first quarter lines, right? Uh, you know, and Miami was pretty plucky in that first game back at home in game three, but then Milwaukee ended up crushing them in the third quarter and got that game eventually. Like, just always realize that, like, that's really baked into these numbers, and that's why you see these, like, I think that Phoenix should be favored in this spot here against Denver. The gap is wide between these two teams, especially when you look at the perimeter and what's offered in the backcourt. Like, yes, Bart is back, but he's clearly limited. He was on a minutes restriction the other night. Like, they don't have much of the backcourt offensively. You know, I've been, I've been just sitting back, and I have a Phoenix series ticket on this, Danny, in like uh, six games. The problem is I think I'm wrong because they might just wrap this thing up at five. Like, there's a pretty big gap between these two right now. Yeah, it's funny because that's the angle. I, I mean, I laid the series spread one and a half with Phoenix, meaning, you know, of course they could sweep winning five or six, but I know a lot of people are on them winning in six, and it seemed like that was going to be the right move in this spot because you thought Denver could maybe at least get one to start things off, but Phoenix just kept on cruising from that game seven against Los Angeles. What do you think the ceiling is for this Phoenix team? I mean, is it worth taking? I mean, they're only two to one to come out of the West, but is there any angle you would look at them in terms of a futures bet, whether it be coming out of the West or the championship? Do you think they're capable of going that far? So, look, I, I don't personally think they're capable of going that far. They're going to be an underdog for a very good reason to either one of Utah or L.A. in the Western Conference Finals, but they'll also be an underdog in the NBA Finals. So, like, right now at this point of any season, really, uh, there is no point in looking at a futures bet on a long shot, I guess, and this, that would be the long shot at this point because they're the lowest power-rated team outside of Atlanta that's still alive. 
if you're going to approach that, it's going to be betting the series and rolling that over, right? You're going to you're going to bet them on the series price in the Western Conference Finals. You're going to take your winnings. You're going to roll that over in the NBA Finals. Like you're going to get a much better price if you approach it that way than you would just betting them right now, whatever the price is in the futures market to win the whole thing. So if you're out there and you want to do that, uh, do the rolling parlay. That's the better way to op- that's the better option for you. you get more bang for your buck. Yep, right there with you. Good point. As always, great analysis, JVT. We appreciate you taking some time tonight, my friend. Enjoy those games, and we'll catch up next week. No problem, man. Thank you. At me, JVT. You can follow him along on Twitter. Remember, host of the Hardwood Handicappers, filling in on many VEASAN shows, and also does a great write-up. Subscribe, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. He gives you all the updates, analysis, insights regarding the NBA, and he covers other sports as well, baseball and football, but main sport being NBA's VEASAN senior NBA analyst. And a good point about the Suns, if you're looking into the futures discussion, probably not worth that value, kind of as we were alluding to to start things out, just 2-1 to one to come out of the West. And, you know, regardless of who they be, may be matched up with in terms of the East, if it's going to be the likes of the Sixers, Nets, give a big advantage to those teams on the Eastern Conference. So good idea for JVT, just kind of roll it over, if anything, if you're looking to bet with Phoenix. But speaking of things, looking to bet tonight, if you missed some of our wagers from earlier, one that's already underway, we had Kyrie Irving under 28.5 points at about minus 125. The other action in the association tonight for the later game, Rajon Rondo over 3.5 assists. Now this number, minus 175, looks absolutely gross to lay. I get it, but, you know... uh, Relative, in my opinion, three and a half seems like a great spot to go over. He's gone over this in the last 22 out of 24 games, got six assists in game one. The only two games he didn't get it was against the Mavericks because he only played 10 minutes. So if you're getting 20 plus minutes with Rondo over three and a half seems to be the play. So laid that gross number with Rondo, but thinks think it's a good spot. And then in terms of baseball, we're going with the Oakland A's. Josh Applebaum and I, I laid minus 146 versus the Royals. So best of luck if you tail with any of those wagers. Enjoy all the sports betting action tonight. We'll catch up once again from all of us here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Take care and good luck. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.